Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm the director of recruiting with VIP. I'm an executive recruiter and I am your hiring guru. And you know, it is my favorite thing in the world to bring you thought leaders, influencers, and people that are just going to help you not just find a better job, but just be better in life in general. And so today I have got a great guest with me. So let me introduce you to Dan Lefebvre, the seven-figure high-performing business coach. Dan empowers entrepreneurs to remove the bottlenecks in their business so that they can have a self-managing business. He helps professionals align and leverage their mindset to get laser-focused, achieving results faster and increasing their revenue. Today, he joins us to discuss productivity. We could all use a little bit more of that, right? And share his tips to boost your own productivity, whether it be in your daily job or in your job search. So, and, and I want to add one more thing here. Dan is also certified through the Proctor, I want to make sure I'm saying this right, Proctor Gallagher Institute, and was personally mentored by Bob Proctor himself. So you guys are in for such a treat today. Hi, Dan. Hi, Casey. Good to be here. <laughs> Did you know you were all that? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think too much about it other than, you know, just history, right? Yeah, so. yeah. No, but you are, you're pretty fabulous. I know we've had some conversations in the past and we're part of some of the same networking groups, but um, yeah, I've really loved some of the insight that you've shared with me over our conversations. I think my favorite one was the Reading Mastery Group. Is that what you call it? Hmm. We just call it a Reading Mastermind, but it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's very unique because we study books like no one else. Like if, if I met anybody else that said to me, I've read a book 30 times, I'd be pretty impressed, but most people don't do that. So, and, and um, but you we actually <laughs> read it out loud as part of this, right? Correct. Yes. Every single day, three, 365 days a year, um, you know, and including leap years. Uh, but yeah, we read <laughs> yeah, 366. So, uh, but yeah, we read every single day and we read the same chapter every day for 30 days and study books like this. Like we want to know them intimately. And so we study it and, um, and then we do a book review, a chapter review at the end of that. And so we keep doing that. We've done it for eight years now. And so it's pretty, pretty habitual. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so do you do it? Do y'all, do y'all talk every single day? Your mastermind group? Yes. Wow. I talk to Mark, Mark more than I talk to my family, probably like my, my parents and my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Because we talk every day. We see every single day we have a call time booked and we get on and we usually keep it to about 30 minutes. Sometimes we read multiple chapters depending on how long the chapters are, but we make sure it's about 30 minutes long. And so, uh, we, we take turns starting and that way we don't always read the same content, uh, every day, but, um, 
Yeah. So we, we basically study it. And the nice thing about it is when you give your attention to something like that, you end up attracting, you know, that we, you know, we have cognitive biases and, and or, or this is more confirmation bias. So we have confirmation bias. So I'm reading all this content and then I start seeing it through my clients or through my, you know, my business or in the, in the world. And I'm like, I, then I start questioning, why is this happening? And then I'm like, oh yes, I've been reading this chapter <laughs> and I'm, I'm giving it attention, right? I'm seeing it in my clients, you know, like I read Jack Canfield's book and he talked about considerations, fears, and roadblocks. And then what did I start seeing my clients? Considerations, fears, and roadblocks. And then I could name them. I say, oh, that's a, that's a roadblock. And they're like, what? Yeah, there's considerations, fears, and roadblocks. It happens every single time you try to do something you're uncomfortable with. You're going to run into those. And they're like, really? I'm like, yes. So just pay attention. When you see something, ask, is this a consideration, a fear, or a roadblock? And know that it's normal. Instead of saying, oh, this feels uncomfortable. Can't be good. I'm going to stop. Right? And that's what most people do. Like yes. symbol, it's a signal, don't go. <laughs> it's not, it's just a little bump in the road. It's a little hurdle. That's an indication not to, you know, uh, not to, to go into fear because most people do, they go into fear. You know, that's just natural tendency. Yeah, and already we haven't even got started really in like <laughs> mic drops all over the place. And I just want to add to that because it made me think about a post that you did the other day and I, I can't remember what the post was on, but I remember what it provoked in me was whatever the mind focuses on grows. And I think that's what you're saying mm -hmm. because you're focusing so strongly on those passages in the book that it just starts manifesting everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? We don't think about this, but if we think back to the time when we were getting ready, you know, we're thinking about dating or we were attracted to somebody, you know, we put our attention on them. And if we put enough attention on them, which apparently I did back in grade, I don't know, three or four or five or something like that. And then by grade seven, this girl finally came around and started taking interest in me, which, you know, I hadn't really said anything to her, but my mind was like, I like you, and, you know, <laughs> you're pretty, right? But then grade seven, she starts taking interest in me and I'm thinking like, what's going on here, right? But that's <laughs> that's the power, you know? So when, we're, when we are attracted to somebody and we want them, we start thinking about them, picturing them and, and imagining what that experience would be like. So we do that in relationships, but we don't think about that in everything in life, but we should, because when we give something enough attention and focus, guess what? It happens. It's like an Olympic athlete. What does Michael Phelps do? Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, like just incessant amount of training and practice. He didn't win at the competition. He won in practice. His perf his personal best was his best in, in the, at the Olympics. He just needed to practice well enough. And that's also, so that's how I approach my life. It's like, if I just practice something enough, like I'm practicing studying books, you know, and, and many other things, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think of it as PhD, pig-headed discipline. So um, <laughs> I, I have PhD. <laughs> so, Me too. So I have a different kind of, yeah, pig-headed discipline and, and a minor in determination. And so that's my, you know, that's, those are my, uh, you know, my, that's my personality. So those are my traits. And, uh, you know, I just live by that. I knew this was going to be a good conversation, but before we get too much deeper, um, I like to share, because I think networking is so important, how we got connected. Do you remember who introduced Sir? us? Um, I think it was Berta. Yeah. I think, was it Berta? Yeah. Yeah. Berta's an amazing connector. So um, yeah, Berta introduced us. Well, and then interesting, we both ended up in the networking hub with Frank Egan. Mm -hmm. 
So, I, and I swear, I think all connections lead back to Frank because that's how I met Berta. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, I met I met Berta just on on LinkedIn, and we connected right away, and then you know this it spawned into a whole bunch of things and opportunities and conversations. So, um, yeah, just fantastic uh, individual. And that, I mean, I always think of it like this: we say birds is the same feather flock together, but I think you know I, I'm a runner. I used to do marathons, but you know I think about why not run with the best. So I'm thinking, okay, who can I find that's the best? And when I find with the best, I get them. We all run together. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it can also be said that you up-level your tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the people that are closest to you are the ones that you rub off on and they rub off on you. And so um, you want to surround yourself with great people. And uh, you are one and Bert is one. So Aww, might as thank well, you. <laughs> keep that going. <laughs> I, keep feel, I keep thinking they're going to figure out who I really am and kick me out of the hub because I'm like... <laughs> I'm just me, you know, <laughs> so, but it, so far it's working. So, all right, let's get to our topic for today. So, you know, I know that you do a lot of work with your clients on productivity. And so what my question, my first question to you is, what does it mean to be truly productive? Well, if you're productive, uh, you're getting results. And ultimately, on a psychological level, you're feeling good. So if you're going through your days and your weeks and you're not feeling good, then productivity is not there or there's something misaligned. Um, so, you know, and, and here's the thing that most people don't know when you're feeling good, those are literally thoughts moving through your body. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it from that standpoint, it's like, okay, what kind of thoughts are you having? It's like, you know, Oh my God, another day or, <laughs> or, you know, or if you get up and you're like, Oh man, I got oh, so many things going on and I can't handle it. And it's overwhelming versus, I have control over my day. I have a planner. I have my calendar. I'm following this. I'm getting things done. I'm checking things off. And and you know, there's systems and tools that I use that you know they give they give you karma points for checking things off. You know, <laughs> so you, you, at the end of the day, if I got five karma points, it's like hey, fantastic, right? I might even get a little badge or something like that. You know, that's a little validation. But, I love, you know, so. I like that, the karma points. I think I'm going to have to borrow that and maybe learn a little bit more about that system that you use. But I like that a lot. Yeah. So so the bottom line is, you know, it, it all depends on, you know, if you can see progress, if you can see results. And so if and, and most people, if they don't have a goal, then they're not focused and they don't know when they have arrived, basically, right? They don't know what they've achieved. But if you set the goal, so you project, I, you know, this is my terminology. I say you project and reflect. So Every day, I project and reflect on what I've accomplished. Then every week, I can project and reflect on the, the full week. Every month, I can project and reflect. And so I can keep doing that over and over again. And as long as I do that, I'm looking for evidence for the thing that I want. And I sh- you know, I, if I'm not productive, it's going to be very evident. It's going to be chaos, you know, and... Um, so, and chaos isn't very difficult to see. It's your desk, your environment, your car, uh, your life, your investments, <laughs> you know, everything, everything reflects that. Uh, T. Harv Eker had a great statement, which I'll never forget, which is how you do anything is how you do everything. Oh, I and love so, that. Yeah. So just look at your life. I mean, I, I do this, I do these fun little things with my clients because I'm very counterintuitive outside the box thinker. So one of my clients is an auto detailer and I said, okay, if you're going to interview somebody, when they come in, have them take a seat and excuse yourself for a moment, walk out, 
walk around their car and look inside the windows. And if they're not a neat freak in their car, send them home and go to the next interview. <laughs> you know, like, you know, very, you know, very easy way. I mean, if they're going to clean cars for you, their car should be sparkling, right? And they shouldn't show up at the interview without a really neat, clean car, you know, so. That, that is out of the box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, think about it. Whatever it is, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes for interviewing, instead of doing that, you know, just cut it. Just say, hey, you know what? I, I just took a walk outside, saw your car. It's a, it's a real dump. Sorry uh, <laughs> to being direct, but we're not going to continue this interview. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> so, you know. Did he do but, it? I mean, I, I don't know if he not. I don't know if he did or not, but I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I suggest it because I, I'm just like you know, just be direct. Like your time is valuable. Don't don't devote time and attention to something that's that's not going to work. You know, and you know, and if they blame somebody else, say, oh, it's my spouse or whatever, then you know, again, then they're a victim, and that's not going to work either. You know, okay. the bottom line is, uh, I get people thinking about their psychology, but also the psychology of the people they work with and interact with, and the people they hire. If they're not tuned in that way, they're not in harmony. If they're not in harmony, it's going to be di very difficult. It's going to be a leader with all these people being dragged behind them or people that are causing chaos and the leader has to micromanage and fix things. So, uh, so I'm very good at identifying those things with my clients. So then, you know, they quickly realize three years from now, there's two people in their company right now that don't fit and then they have mm. to do something about it, which is yeah. the tough part. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, um, well, before we go into that, let's talk about mindset and the part that mindset plays on productivity. So, you know, what does, what kind of mindset does somebody need to achieve true productivity? They need focus. And as you can probably attest to and, and realize that today people are out of focus. I mean, there's so much distraction. I mean, you don't... Never mind the notifications on your phone and your computers and everything ringing and dinging and buzzing. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, you can shut those things off, but I'm talking about everything else that's going on, the uncertainty and so on. But um, so, so there's a few things. So people don't have focus because they're not controlling their thoughts. And most people think, well, why do I need to control my thoughts? Well, on average, we have about 60, 70,000 of 67, 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. So if we have that many thoughts per day and we think how many are really invested in productivity or in success, my, my happiness, my joy, a fulfilling life, um, we probably, if we can actually capture that and, and, and look at the data, it's probably not good. So, so there's lack of focus because we're not controlling our thoughts and we don't control our thoughts because we don't understand how our mind works. That's the mechanics of the mind. That's why Bob Proctor was so imperative uh, and so critical to my development and my growth because he said there are two parts of our mind. There's conscious and subconscious. And I've learned through further studies that the conscious mind is like RAM, a RAM drive in your computer. And if your hard drive goes down, you cannot run on RAM drive. You need a massive hard drive with all the data and, and information and applications stored. So guess what? Conscious mind is about five to two to two to four percent of your results, behaviors, and actions. Subconscious mind is 94 uh, uh, to 96%. But it's a hard drive operating in the background, stores all information, and it doesn't do any thinking. So 
you know, so people don't understand, I, I just explained the mechanics of the mind. There's these two parts. There's one that's invisible operating in the background, controlling everything. It actually keeps your heart beating, your blood flowing and all your organs and everything, all that working, your eyes blinking. It's, you know, that's the purpose of it. But people don't realize that's what's going on. And they don't realize that even that part of their mind, all their beliefs, habits, practices, and everything were established at a young age, zero to seven years old. So all the programming, all the beliefs, habits, and practices are established then. And then we become a mirror image of what we learned in that time because we couldn't filter, we couldn't reason. And then uh, guess what? Uh, we, we go out in our life and if we're, you know, like I could have been easily been really disorganized and late for everything. And I was for a little while because I was late for every sporting event. I played ice hockey and I was late for every single one. In fact, I missed an, a complete hockey tournament because of daylight savings. <laughs> so <laughs> didn't, didn't change the clock. And I was like, oh man, and I'm late, didn't get signed up. I couldn't even enter the tournament. And um, so I could, I could have definitely been a mirror image of what I learned as a child. But, but I'm not. So, so again, just coming back to what you said in the beginning, you know, what's the core problem? What's the mindset? The mindset has to be focus. It has to be a focus driven mindset. We have to understand that we have to control our thoughts in order to be focused. And we have to understand that there's mechanics of the mind that are operating everything. And unless we consciously think about things and focus on them, guess what? That, that, uh, programming, is going to be operating everything. It's going to, you know, it's, it's going to tell us what to do. We look at something, we say, well, that's hard, or I can't do that, or I'm not good enough, or, you know, all the, all the negative self-doubt that we have. And, and most people have 80% of our day is, is sort of in that negative zone because we, we, don't, we don't see ourselves as being worthy or feeling good enough or strong enough or self-confident or, or whatever it is, um, you know? And then we, guess what? We're all looking for validation now. <laughs> we're all looking for you know it's 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 actually they i heard it today on an interview it's it's an addiction they're saying we have an addiction to being validated and being recognized and acknowledged by others you know that's why we're that is out there so, in the marketplace so interesting do you know that there is actually a a word for the fear of not being good enough that there's like a phobia have you heard that um no i haven't i haven't heard it it's called a telephobia. It's really? the fear of not okay. being good enough. Hmm. So I thought okay. that was interesting. Um, we had to do some uh, gremlin work in my coaching school. And so we had to do a visual representation of our gremlins or our limiting beliefs or assumptions, whatever, that we had grown up with and that we believed to be who we are today. And of course, mine and probably everybody else's circled around that I'm not good enough. And so I named my gremlin telly short for a telephobia neat. Yep. neat well you know what that's the thing when you name it and you bring it out then you can look at it yeah and then once you look at it, and this is this is the neat thing of once you bring something like that out you can say okay what don't i like about that my persona or my personality or my qualities and you can say what i don't what i what about that that i don't like what are what would i rather have and that's and this is a really important topic, and this is worth writing down for, for your listeners. We need to control the contrast. So the contrast is all of those thoughts that you have that stop you and limit you, and then the, the things that you want, the future thinking and the opportunities and, and you know, the great things. So it's like if you can control the contrast. So you know, uh, let's say somebody's not feeling good. Their head is down usually. Their whole body, their whole physiology indicates they're not feeling good. We know that. 
we don't have to ask. You know, I say, hey, how are you doing? And I go, head down, right? They're not feeling good and you know it. But, you know, you can change your physiology in a moment just by picturing your future or the past experience or things like that, right? And we don't realize that we have that power. Um, but it's the contrast when we have those contrasting experiences or if we can control the contrast, that makes a huge difference. Uh, I'll mention something else too, because you just mentioned, you know, a name for, um, you know, the fear of not being worthy. Um, so I think the big problem that we all have today is mental blindness disease. And I think it's a combination of lack of focus, not controlling our thoughts and not understanding how our, the mechanics of our mind work. We don't, we upgrade our phones, we update them. We, we update the iOS and whatever else in our phones, except we don't do it with our own minds. Why? I mean, it's kind of, it's bizarre, isn't it? To think yeah. that we wouldn't say, well, hey, what's what's getting in my way? Why wouldn't I do something about it if I knew that? Or can, can I upgrade? Can I update it? Sure. But most, again, that's not mainstream. People don't know how to update or upgrade their their uh, operating system. But And then the mental blindness diseases are things that's getting in their way. That is and, and I could see where that would be a definite deterrent to productivity if you've got that mental blindness that because you're so unfocused that you don't know what needs to happen next. So I have a really, I'm, I'm very curious about this. What are your thoughts on multitasking? Well, here's the thing. There's a great test that you can do. Um, it's this, you write down the words, you write down the word multitasking and then you write one through 13 underneath it. So you write around, you just write down the word multitasking and then you write one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and you can time it. So you time how much time it takes to write down multitasking and one to 13. Then you take another sheet of paper and you write down M and one, U and two, L and three, and keep going until you get to the end and time that and you oh. see how much time it takes. That's the clearest indication of how multitasking works. You're switching I'm... your mind from, <laughs> one thing to another and it doesn't work. I am so, so going to do that. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So I mean obviously I guess you feel like it's multitasking doesn't help you produce more or achieve more faster. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I, I don't because it's like changing channels. So have you ever sat in a room with somebody who keeps changing channels and you keep switching the the topic and the, and what you're watching and you're just like okay, we're what story am I on or sport or whatever, it's like, it's all over the map. And so it's, it's just a bunch of confusion. So every time your mind switches, it has to get back on the same track that it was on before, which takes time. And there's studies, but in Microsoft and a bunch of companies have done studies, it takes about 15 minutes to get back on track to where you were before. Can you imagine getting interrupted wow. like five, 10 times in a day and then taking 15 minutes to get back to where you were and, and <laughs> tuned in? You know, so, so let me just mention this. So multitasking, not productive, double, double tasking. Okay. You know, so, uh, double tasking is different than multitasking. Multitasking is switching from one thing, thing to another Multi double tasking. Uh, let me see if, and think of a, if I can think of an example, but uh, double tasking is when you can do things all at once. Uh, so actually I'll give you an example. Uh, I like to speak my um, uh, my articles and books and so on. So I'll, I'll speak them into my phone, into notes, and then they pop up on my screen. And I can see where the translation is inaccurate or not and make a little adjustment. So I'm actually speaking and editing all at once. So I'm double tasking, which is 
super easy and fast. So I can write a thousand word article in a couple hours or less. So, yeah. That's impressive. I struggle yeah. to get 600 so, words out sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have all this content. I have all this knowledge, all this wisdom, all this, and I can just draw from it. I keep notes on so many things and I copy other things that I see from other people. And so whenever I need little bits of information, I can just draw on it and put it together. I just have a real skill for that. That's that, And that is a skill. I really do think that is a skill. And thank you for listening and sharing your wisdom with everybody because I, I love following your articles on LinkedIn. I just think that you do a fantastic – and they're always good information. It's not like you're going just – somebody just wants to word vomit on you. It's good information, you know. So I really do appreciate yeah. that. Please don't stop. Um, so what are your top three tips to increase productivity? Well – Again, I'm going to lean on what I was talking about earlier, but the focus and controlling your thoughts and and then understanding how your mind works. So the thing is, you know, if we could just get a little bit focused, then we're giving attention to the right thing because where our attention goes, our energy flows or vice versa, energy flows where our attention goes. So we need to have real focus on what we're doing, real clarity. So. What I do with my clients, like to get ultimate clarity, which you know about in my book, Living Life of Your Dreams, I say, okay, how do you want to live your life? Like literally end it. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you had, you know, if if you if you were you know speaking to the people at your own eulogy, <laughs> you know, what would you be saying? You know, that kind of mentality. And um, so, you know, going right to the very end. So that gives you a real clear picture of how do you want to live your life? Because at some point in time, every one of us will look back in our lives. And if we can't look back in, you know, on fond memories and memorable experiences and, and so on, it's a life of regret. And then we're trying to fix those things, which is not fun. So early in life, we're looking forward, future, 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 eventually we look backwards. So I think it's critical that we get a clear picture. So I, I, like I just said, you know, end of life and then break that down to, you know, something more tangible, 10 years and then three year, then one year then 12 months, then 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And take your biggest goal that you have for the year, compress it into 12 weeks, put some real focus on it and get it done. Um, So, so that's, you know, I I said a couple things there. So it's, it's about focus and it's about being productive and having it very clearly defined. And the system that I use, which we'll talk a little bit uh, more about later is about having tactics, actions, because uh, I, I use a, a, an analogy, uh, a metaphor. So we go to the gym and we say, okay, we get fit. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to um, establish a practice and get really fit. And, uh, you know, so we go to the gym and we, uh, we out of a membership and we get aligned with a personal trainer. Um, but then, you know, we, uh, we start thinking about, oh, how am I doing? We, we step on the scale almost every time. You know, that's the end result. That's the lag indicator. That's not a lead indicator. Lead indicators, did I get on the treadmill and do 45 minutes and then do some you know, some weight training and so on and a spin class? You know, those those are the lead indicators. All we have to do is measure those and the outcome is going to be there. Hmm. So so it's a different, a different mentality. So the system that I'm applying, which again is, is a planner, it's all about setting the actions that you're going to take and then consistently doing those actions. You don't even need to measure the end result on a consistent basis. You just need to do it every once in a while because if you're performing at 85% or above on the actions you're taking, you should achieve your results. That's research that was done on this. So 
you know, we, we don't have to question it. So, so focus planning, you know, because I talked about the objective planning and, and as you can see, I don't know if you can, this, this is making sense, but it's like zooming out, zooming way out end of life, right? And then zooming in and then seeing what do I want in 10 years, three years, one year, 12 months, 12 weeks, right? So it's like, it, it, you have to get objective and then zoom in and then create a plan and then focus. And the focus comes from just applying the plan, but also you should have an accountability partner. I call it accountability mastermind. So every week you get on a call and you go through your plan, look for breakdowns. Cause if you're not looking for breakdowns, guess what? They show up eventually, right? End of year. <laughs> right? Exactly. So I want to go ahead. Goals. I believe that you said that you were going to um, share this resource with our audience for free today. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to put the link up um, so that everybody can that's watching can see how to get access to this great, fantastic resource. Um, but we'll have it in the show notes as well so that those of you that are just listening can go and have access to this great planner. Um, cause, and I think that it's really going to help you if that is your desire to increase your productivity. So um, we are almost out of time, but I do want to ask you one more question before we get to our VIP questions. And that is, what would you recommended job seekers who are currently in the market and it can be really overwhelming right now because unemployment's you know still at an all-time high but what do you recommend to them to stay productive in their job search what's one little trick you can give them well they have to get into their future mind like they, they have to to get into their imagining faculty which is more powerful than anything. Most people don't realize that, but you know, if they want something, then they have to picture it. And even better, well, I wouldn't necessarily say even better than picturing it, but once they've pictured something, then they should look for it and seek it and want it and anticipate it. I, I have something I call expectation bridge. We won't have time to go into that, but basically, you know, what's on the other side once you get the job? Well, there's celebration and appreciation. So guess what? Go into your mind, create a celebration and an appreciation, even write it down if you like, you know, but get it somewhere where you can think what that feels like when I'm over there and I have that job and I, I have what I, I set my mind on. So it's definitely getting into that future thinking, looking into the future and anticipating it and taking the actions. And if they want, you know, if they're a little, if, if they're a spiritual nature and okay talking to a higher power or spirit or the universe infinite intelligence, then I would suggest they do this. If they sent in uh, an application and whether they got a response or not, they should even uh, just verbalize it. Say, you know, if they know the person who they're, they're communicating with, let's say their name's Casey, they say, okay, Casey, I know you've got my application. I know you like it. It's great. And I know you want to get a hold of me today. <laughs> to, to get me in because you're concerned about me being scooped up by the marketplace, right? And just, you know, I know it's, it's, you, it's influencing other people, but we know there's enough research done that our thoughts travel. And so they'll receive that. And, you know, if it's a good fit, if it's harmony, harmonized, they'll call and, or message and, you know, you'll get called in. And next thing you know, I've had it happen with clients of mine, uh, you know, that were uh, trying to get, con you know, contracts, not necessarily a, a job, but they're looking to get consulting and, it worked. I believe it. I think there's definitely something to be said about that imagination faculty. And I believe that was Napoleon Hill. Was that where that first came through? Um, 
the imagining oh, no there's been people that have been before him uh really? there's a great woman florence scoville shin she wrote a great book called the game of life she talked about it there um there's so well napoleon hill i used in the 1920s uh florence was um uh, pre-napoleon hill uh but there, there's been other yeah there's been there's so many great leaders and and teaches about that uh, senior imagining faculty. But it is, here's the thing, we have six mental faculties. We have perception, will, imagination, memory, intuition, and reason. Uh, I mean, look at Nikola Tesla. He said, hey, I invented the alternator in the vehicle, but not only that, I invented the plant that manufactured it and the whole production process. Invariably, it's going to happen. Why? Because I imagined it clearly in my mind. I know exactly what it looks like and I'm going to build it. That's, <laughs> that's the power of imagination, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to our VIP questions. These are these are sure. fun. So, if um, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? It's a tough one. I have three children. Uh, so, oh. but uh, but again, I thought about this. I thought, you know what? I'm not just there by myself or permanently there by myself. So uh, so I definitely would bring my wife Natalie. So she would definitely be coming with me. Um, and then, uh, other things I would want to bring because, you know, I mean, if I'm a colonist, I think I'm going to be alone a lot. So I'd want to bring things that are going to entertain me. So I'd probably bring, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, probably a hundred or 200 audiobooks or, or books that I could read. So that would be another thing. And then, um, uh, I mean, I, I, and again, I don't know what the scenario is, but I'd, I'd want to have a way to communicate with earth. So if, if that wasn't available, I want to bring that so I could actually communicate back and forth because, um, yeah, I don't know how many people are with me. So if it's, it's no, very, don't. it can be very lonely. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, very good. So um, not that there's a good or bad answer to that. It's just interesting to see where people's minds go. And some people like really dig it. Like, well, how many people are there? Is there already infrastructure? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just answer the question, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Oh, well, I won't go into long-winded version, but I get myself set up emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually every single morning. The first two hours of my day are dedicated to that. Nothing else. Nothing else at all. I walk in nature. I do physical, I do cardio. I do yoga. I do breath work. Uh, I write intentions and, and write affirmations. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. If you own your morning, you own your day. So I own every single morning and I don't take a break. There's no, there's no breaks in this. Like this is just every single day. This is the pattern. This is the way it happens. I know exactly what to do. There's no, it's not conditional by any standards. I just go and do it, but uh, it's every single day. And you might say, well, cardio every day, but I only do Tabata. It's just interval training, but I, it's, you know, five minutes of warming up, four minutes of exercise. And so I just consistently do that walks in nature and uh, you know, so I'm meditating and yeah, anyway, but yeah, two hours every single morning. And my day is a super success. You know, I say that my morning ritual or my miracle morning, I'm a big Hal Elrod fan, of course, but it's a, it's a non-negotiable. If I get up an hour late, too bad. It's a non-negotiable. I'm just going to yeah. have to be That's late awesome. for work. <laughs> so That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Because your morning, you own your morning, you own your day. And I also look at it a little differently. 
I cause myself to struggle every single morning. When I said breath work, I do this breath work where I do four intervals of deep breathing and then I hold my breath. And I've been able to hold my breath for four minutes and one second, which is pretty substantial in my opinion because it's difficult. But so I, I create struggle in my practices in the morning because I think I'm going to avoid them during my day. If I, mm, <laughs> I just think there's, like there's going to be a limit to. So, so yeah, I just create some struggle in my day. I, I don't make it easy. And, uh, you know, if I go on the bike every day, it's not the same thing. I turn that resistance up. I push and my legs are burning and, you know, I've run marathons. So I know, I know what it's like to really push it. And I taught spinning too. So I know that too. So, but, uh, so, okay. So my final question, if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Dan Lefebvre reveals the secret to solving mental blindness disease and living a full and happy life. Ah, I want that. <laughs> How do people find you, Dan? Well, I would say the best place to find me now, because I have a really new site, is to show up there. It's called lefevcoaching.com. And you'll see my links there. Uh, I'm I'm uh, on LinkedIn quite a bit as well. But uh, but yeah, just if you want to see snapshots about me, blog posts, and and all sorts of great information, and some counterintuitive, outside the box thinking, uh, my website lifeave.com is is a great place. And you see my book there. You can grab a copy of the ebook and and uh, help yourself to anything else that's there. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if uh, you're listening to this today and you got some nuggets from it, definitely follow through. Don't, don't uh, let it slide. Yeah. There's no way people listen to this and didn't get nuggets today. I'm just saying. So, well, Dan, as we wrap up, I just have one more thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Thank you, Casey. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.